I want to speak on, are we church? Someone turn to the person beside you and say, are we church? That's a statement. Are we church? And if you're from Northern Ireland, you will know the word we. And we love the word we. Take a wee seat. It doesn't mean there's a small seat. It just means take a seat. Okay. I'll take a wee look at that there. But I worked in Tesco. I'm sure a lot of us work in Tesco. Give us a wave if you worked in Tesco. This is a Tesco section over here. Anyone shopping Asda? Where's the Asda ones? Oh, there's a, oh, rivals over here. It's the Asda side, Tesco side. But when I worked on the, the checkouts, the conversation normally went like this. So, beep, beep. <laughs> and then I was sort of like, pop your wee card in there. Have you got a wee club card with you? Type in your wee pin number. Take your wee card out there. Would you like a wee bag with that? There's your wee receipt. And there's just wee after wee after wee, there's a wee receipt. But I've got a confession to make. I don't like the term wee. Now I'll explain, don't worry. I use it all the time. I say, oh, take a wee seat, look at that. All this here. But there's, see when people say, are we church? And I'll go on to explain why that annoys me. Are we church? But do you ever get that someone does something and it just grinds your gears? They know how to push your buttons. Does anyone get that? Maybe you've got a brother and a sister and they know how to get you in trouble. They know what to do. They know what to say. They know how to act to get you in trouble. Even if you are perfect, they'll know how to get you in trouble. Or maybe you're married and when you first moved in together, you discovered some really annoying quirks. I said, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> or maybe you have kids and your kids know what to say to you, just to wind you up. Well, we have it in kids' church. We say something and they have a smart comment back. And yes, it might be funny, but they shouldn't be smart back to you. And, they're like, and it just winds you up. And there's something inside me. When people say, are we church? There's just something inside me. And I just want to explain it tonight, why it annoys me. Why do I get so annoyed about our we church, because our church isn't we. What God is doing in this church isn't we, and our God isn't we. We have a big church, we have big things going on, and our God is big. So I don't want this to be part of our language, our we church. I want us to realize how big our God is and how big things that he's doing in and through our church. And I'm speaking to everyone tonight. If you call Living Hope home, I want to remind you how big God is. I just want to remind you tonight and encourage you about how big God is and how much God is doing in our church, all the amazing things that is going on. But maybe you don't know God tonight. I just want you to know how big God is. I want you to know the creator of all things, the Lord and Lords, the King of Kings, and how much he loves you. And tonight, a part of our wee church that I want to explain that we're not a wee church, we get, I have this exciting announcement that we have a youth mission team going to Slovakia this year. Okay, all been well. Okay, obviously there's that flu thing going around, but we'll be fine. So we are taking a team to Slovakia this year, and I'm really excited about that. There's eight of us traveling to a town called Joka. Okay, Joka, which is near Bratislava. We're not flying with Flyby. We haven't booked our flights yet. So we'll still get out there. So flybees down, the coronavirus is about, but we're still going anyway. And what we're going over there for is there's a group of 30 to 50 kids and their parents are all in prison. So we've been asked to come over 
and do a kids program for them. We'll give out some food hampers, we'll visit people in the area. But our main thing is to do a kids program for these kids whose parents are in prison. We'll take part of, in some church services, we'll visit some of the locals as well. And what I want to do tonight is I want to introduce to you some of the team. We'll introduce you to the rest of the team at some other point. But we've got tonight, we have Luke. No, we don't have Luke. We've got Elise and we've got Ben. So if Ben and Elise want to come up. This is two of our team that are flying out with us. So already you know that we need prayer. Um, but I just, there's some people that know that we're going on a mission trip and some people that don't. So tonight I just want to tell you that we're doing that. We're really excited about that. We'll need your prayers and your support in that. But we want to introduce to you some of the team and let you know just what the process is um, and who our team members are. So Elise is going to tell us what is the process like. It's not just we're going, right, we've booked our flights and now we're going. What does this whole process look like? So basically every... Sunday like afternoon or night like last Sunday we had a meeting in the afternoon and we'll have like a meeting every Sunday um, as a team and we'll go through one of the videos that Exodus has sent us and we'll answer the questions and the we've got like um, readings due throughout the week and it's all about like Jesus and his missions and so we'll have our team meetings and then we've got we're doing a residential in sometime in April. So it's all really cool. We get to like bond as a team before we go out. So it's not really just about the whole mission itself. It's like the period beforehand where we get to grow as a team so we can provide the best of the kids when we go out there. Hmm. So, yeah. So at least said the word Exodus. So Exodus are a mission organization from Northern Ireland and they send out over 400 young people on mission trips. Um, so they book the flights, they organize everything, organize the placements, and then they'll give us like a structure to go through. So we'll need to, um, as Elise said, meet every Sunday and go through like a discipleship process. So it's not just we're going on mission, but it's a discipleship process that we're going through. And this one's for both of you. Tell everyone why you applied for the mission team. I applied because I just thought it would be a really, really, really cool experience. I thought it would be so fun as a youth for us to like grow it closer to God together. And I also thought it would be so cool for me to experience like that Living Hope is my home and this is what I get every Sunday. But what are these kids getting every Sunday? Like what are these kids' experiences and relationships with God like? And like I just thought it would be really cool for us to go out there and to show them like how good God is because we all know that and we... We have experienced the goodness of God, but maybe these kids haven't, and maybe they haven't had the like opportunity to. And I just thought it'd be really cool if we could go out there and provide that for them. Um, the reason that I applied for Slovakia is because ever since being in the Philippines in 2018, there's there's been a a burning desire and a passion within me to go on another mission because it blessed me so much as a person to see how God can move in people's lives despite the circumstances that they're in. It made me thankful for, for what I have when I see how little some people can have and it helps me to appreciate life more and I just can't wait to see how God moves while, he, while we're there. Amazing. Next, what are you most looking forward to about the trip? 
Um, I think I'm most looking forward to, uh, like, during our meetings to grow closer together as a team and also to go out there and, as I said, like, show these kids, like, what God has in store for them, like, what they're going through now and their experiences now, like, that's not it. Like, God has such a big plan for them and, like, they're going to prosper. So that's what I'm really excited about, to show these kids, like, what life is all about. Um, the thing that I'm looking forward to most is seeing how God uses us both as individuals, but most importantly, as a team. Um, I believe that God will use us for his glory. Um, it's unrealistic for us to go and to help every single person in Slovakia and make a difference in every single one of their lives. But what is realistic is for us to go and share God's love um, with everyone and hope and pray that at least one person's life is changed. And I'm excited for the plans that God has for us while we're away. Amazing. And lastly, what are you least looking forward to? Um, I had to think a lot about this one because I'm really excited to go, but I think I'm least excited to like hear what these kids are coming from. Like I, I'm not very excited to see what they go through on a day-to-day basis. Like, and I'll put things really into perspective of like how blessed we are and how little they have. So that's what I'm quite nervous for, like to see the reality of things. But other than that, I'm really excited. Mine is probably a lot different. I, I I'm dreading the flight. Like, how long the flight is. Like, I don't like long flights. <laughs> I think that's because we're tall. At least doesn't have that problem with foot rump. But thank you guys. So that's two of our team that you've met. Um, you'll meet some more of them. Um, but we're excited about going to Slovakia. Um, doing our kids program, but also joining and building as a team every week. We'll meet, um, we'll eat together, we'll um, have a reading plan together, we'll go through. Um, basically, we're looking at what Jesus calls us to do, to go into all the world and make disciples. So that is what we're excited about. Um, but it's my privilege and our privilege as a church to send a team of eight people to Slovakia. That is not we. We're not keeping everything inside. We are not a we Church, we have a privilege of sending the team to Slovakia. With Rebecca Martin came home yesterday from the Philippines for a month. We've had two teams in the past go to Helping Hands in the Philippines. We've, have, we've got some young people going to Poland this year with school. We've had people go to Kenya, Australia, Spain, Malawi, Romania, and many other places. What God is doing in our church isn't staying in our church. It's spreading all over the world. Our God who created the heavens and the earth is sending people from our church all over the world to tell others about him. There's nothing we about that. There's so much going on in our church. And we've got people in this church going, being sent out all over this island. When we go to work, we have the opportunity to reach those people that we work with. When we are sent out to our families and our friends, when we're in the shop, when we're on the bus, we're sent out each and every day, and we have the opportunity to tell people about Jesus and the hope that we have. But if we actually thought about the potential that we have, that our we church has, the potential that we have, the people that you work with, how many people is that? How many people are in your family? How many friends do you have? Just think of the potential reach of our we church. It's not a small number. It's a big number that we are able to reach. We come into contact with hundreds of people and we can see them coming to faith with Jesus. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at Judges chapter 6. 
Um, I love the story of Gideon. Gideon was asked to help save the people of Israel by leading an army to defeat the Midianites. And Gideon knew that he was broken, that he was just an ordinary man. He was hiding from the Midianites. But he knew that if God was on his side, he'd be able to do it. So he wanted to make sure that God was actually giving him this idea that he wasn't thinking, right, I can go and defeat the Midianites. He really wanted to see, God, is this your idea? Is this a God idea? So we read his story um, in Judges 11, starting at verse, sorry, chapter 6, starting at verse 11. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abarite, when his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why is all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did the Lord not bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that is really you I'm talking to. This pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that this isn't a weak church, that we don't love a wee God, but actually you are so much bigger than we think you are. Lord, that you're doing more than we can ever see, ask, or imagine. Lord, so tonight we pray that you increase our faith. Lord, did you give us a new perspective of how big you are and how big the things that you are doing? Lord, so bless us tonight as we look at the story of Gideon. Lord, help us to increase our faith, to believe more of who you are. It's in your name we pray. Amen. God asked Gideon to fight on his behalf. So he picked Gideon and said, Gideon, I need you to go up <coughs> against the Midianites. And this is what his response was. He's like, my my wee clan, like my clan is the weakest clan. I'm the least in my family. And he looked at how wee he was and he thought, you're putting me up against the Midianites and my clan is the smallest clan and I'm the least in my family. How often do we see our problems bigger than we see God being? And when, was the, when did we forget about how big God was? Did Gideon just wake up one morning and think, did my problems get bigger or did God get smaller? And if you're like me and you grew up in Sunday school, good old-fashioned Sunday school, we sang this song, So High, So Low, So Wide, Oh. We're singing about God, so wide we can't get round it, so low can't get under it, so wide we can't get round it. Or we sing this one, my God is so big, so, and so, there's. Okay, and we sing that one as well. Or lastly, we sang, our God is a great big God. <laughs> awesome God, our God's an awesome God, amen. That's one too. <laughs> but didn't sing that in Sunday school though. We remember all these songs from Sunday school. We sing about how high and how low and how wide he is, as big, so strong and so mighty. And our God 
is a great big song, God. Great big song, great big God. And we learned these songs for years. We believed that God was bigger than anything that we could ever face. Then when we were children, we thought, you know what, that is big. But I've sang my whole life that God is bigger. And we believed it. But when did we forget this truth? As kids, we knew and we sang about it. But when did we forget? Our God is still big. He's still strong and he's still mighty. And there's nothing that our God cannot do. We need to change our focus. We have so many things to think about each and every day. And when we focus on them, we make God seem smaller and smaller. But tonight I want you to know that God is bigger than what you're facing. God is bigger than the test results. God is bigger than the bad news you've received. God is bigger than the debt. God is bigger than your worries. God is bigger than the coronavirus. Our God is big. Our God is not we. He is bigger than all our problems. Our problems are we when we compare them to our big God. And I want to encourage you tonight, when we view our situations through the lens of how big God is, it just puts everything in perspective. If you've ever looked through a pair of binoculars, it makes everything come up close. It makes everything, everything look big. But if you're immature, you would have probably at one point turned them around. Did anyone ever try that? And just used them the wrong way, whether to wind someone up or just because you're curious. But if you looked at the binoculars the other way around, everything seems so small. Everything looks so far away. And some, we need to do that with our perspective. We need to take, instead of looking at the thing that, oh, that's so big, flip your perspective, look through it, see how big God is, and that will make everything that we're going through seem so small. And I don't want to belittle what we're going through. I just want you to understand how big God is. When we see things through the perspective of how big God is, everything just seems so small. Now, Psalm 90 verse 2 says, Before the mountains were born, before you give birth to the earth and the world, from the beginning to the end, you're God. Deuteronomy 10 says this, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome. Romans 11 33, Oh, how great are God's witches, his wisdom and his knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decision and his ways. Our God is not we. He is the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords. He is mighty in power. And tonight, I want you to know that our God is good. And we can share so many stories of how good our God is. People could stand time after time after time again and say, God has been good to me. And I want to introduce you to another team member of ours, and it's Luke this time. Um, and Luke's going to share his story with us. So just watch the screen as Luke shares his story. So I didn't really grow up in a Christian household. I was always made to go to things like BB and Sunday school as a kid, but I was never a Christian, nor were my parents. It wasn't until around February 2017, I was actually invited to LSBU. I met all these good people and I didn't understand why they were so happy. Like I grew up in a world where everyone was always so self-deprecating, everyone was always so sad. Everyone was just always really mean to each other for no reason, but these people were so happy and so loving. And that just drew me back. 
So on March 12, 2017, I actually had a dance competition that day and I had this nervous pit in my stomach the whole day and I thought I was just nervous because I had a competition but after it I still had that same feeling so I was at church that night and I couldn't even tell you what was said or what they were speaking on but I just knew that night was my night that I had to make the decision to give my life over to God. In the crash in church I actually became a Christian and honestly I can't say it was the best decision I ever made. Before becoming a Christian I did many things I shouldn't have, I used to drink and I used to curse and when I became a Christian it was really hard to get those things up but looking back on it now I, re I realised what was really important to me and that's God. You know God's brought me through some really good times and some really hard times and I'm not going to sit here and lie as if being a Christian is easy because it's not. The world does look at you in a different perspective. It's not easy but it's so fulfilling to know that there's someone in heaven looking over you who's with you at all times and that's God. And I have been through some really hard times. Uh, recently I did my GCSEs. It was just so stressful and so awful but knowing that God was with me through it all gave me a peace throughout that that no matter what happened, no matter what the outcome was, that I was still loved by God and chosen by Him and it's just a really amazing prospect to know that He loves me and He loves you too. So, I don't know if my testimony has spoken to anyone, but if there's one thing I can leave you with, it's just give your life over to God, because it's one thing you'll never regret. Isn't it looking amazing? All our young people are amazing. But we could share countless stories tonight of how good God has been in individual Lives. We have a God that wants to use broken people to see his kingdom come here. He wants to raise our faith tonight and let you know that he doesn't just want to do stuff for you, but he wants to do stuff through you. He wants to use you. He wants to use us as broken people. I'm looking at Gideon again. Gideon gets his army together. God has called him, I'm sending you to go defeat the Midianites. So he gets his army together. He has 33,000 men in total. He's feeling good about his chances. He's not bad. 33,000 men. In Judges 7, God says this, You have too many men. I can't deliver Midian into your hands, or Israel would boast against me and say, My strength has saved me. So Gideon had to get rid of some people, because if they defeated the Midianites, if they won, they would go around and be like, Then we do great. Pat themselves on the back and say, We are amazing. But God wanted to show them how big that he was. So he asked to get rid of some men. So basically he asked the question, If you're afraid, go home. And 10,000 people were left. So over 20,000 people went home because they were scared. But God said, that's still too many. So he asked Gideon to get rid of some more people. So when they went to the water, he separated those that cupped their hands or then they just dove head first like a dog, just drinking up the water. So that's how they separated the people. And only 300 men were left in Gideon's army. And I'm sure at this point Gideon's thinking, I really hope that the Midianite army has 200 people. If they have 200 people, we'll be okay. As long as it's under 300 people, we've got this. It's no problem. But actually, the Midianite army had 135,000 people. On, people it was on paper, it was 300 men versus 135,000 men. It was definitely a wee army. We could definitely call these 300 men a wee army. And if I was a betting man, I would put all my money on the Midianites to win. On paper, it was a washout. And if you do the maths, I decided to get my calculator out. Okay, each of Gideon's men would have had to kill 450 men each. That's how much 
difference there was in the two armies. One man in Gideon's army equaled 450 in the Midianites. And they thought they were outnumbered, but actually one thing we didn't think about, one thing we didn't account for, was that they had God on their side. When God's on your side, it doesn't matter what's stacked up against you. It doesn't matter what results you have. It doesn't matter what people have said to you. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. All that matters is God is on your side. Gideon could have looked and thought, my wee army, we can do that. But instead he looked at how big his God was. And we can look at church and think, isn't our wee church great? But actually God wants to continue to reach out and to focus on how big <coughs> he is. We can look at our situations and think, if I can face something that big with God, I can do anything. I can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. When we view it through the lens of how big God is, everything else becomes we. So instead of Gideon looking at the Midianites and being such a large army, he viewed it through how big God was and it didn't look so big after all. And so the worship team come up. I want to remind you that God is doing great things through us, but he wants to do more. And if you were here this morning, Pastor Matt shared that we have a burden to reach the lost in this community. It was one of those sermons that should have made you feel uncomfortable. It was one of those sermons where you know you had to do something about it. We all love those sermons where people tell you how amazing God is and how amazing you are and you can sit back and you can take notes and it's amazing. But when one of those sermons comes and says, we want to reach the lost in our community. We want to burden for the people that we work with. We want to burden for the people in our families. We want God to give us a burden. We don't like that because we need to do something about it. We want to burden in our hearts about the community that we are in. God gives us a burden to reach the lost and we, he can do more through our church. And he's looking at us and he says, you're doing a great job, but I want to do more. This isn't a wee church. Just because we can't do everything, as we've heard before, we can do something. We can reach one person at a time. And before I came up tonight, Scott sang these words, prodigals come home, the helpless find hope, Love is on the move when the father's in the room. Prison doors fling wide, the dead come to life. Love is on the move when the father's in the room. Miracles take place, the cynical find faith. Love is breaking through when the father is in the room. The Jericho walls are quaking, strongholds now are shaking. Love is breaking through when the father is in the room. Our church isn't we, we have a big God doing big things. The Father is in the room. Our big God that we serve is in the room with us tonight. We don't have a wee church. We have a big church doing big things with a big God. We need a few things differently. And tonight as I close and the worship team begin to play, I want us all to stand together. I think God wants us to respond tonight. And after this morning, we heard that we want a burden for our heart. It's one of those days that God wants us to do something. He just doesn't want us to sit back and take notes and to go through the sermon and think, yes, that's great. But actually, God wants to stir our hearts. God wants to increase our faith. God wants to give us a passion and a burden for the lost. God wants us to do something tonight. And as we all stand here tonight, He wants to remind you how big He is. He wants to remind you how big He is. Maybe you don't know Him tonight. Maybe you've got a lot of things stacked against you. Maybe you've got, you just feel that everything's attacking you at this moment and you've been looking 
for different ways on how to solve that problem, ways to find a solution to what you're facing. And I want you to know God wants to be in your life. And tonight, as everyone closes their eyes and their heads bowed, if that's you, I want you to know how big our God is, that He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for us so that we can have a relationship with Him, so that we can take possession of the power that He wants to give us in our lives, that He doesn't want us to live we small lives. He wants us to live God-honoring big lives. So if that's you tonight, if you don't know who Jesus is, if you want to say, do you know what? I want God in my life. I want this big God in my life who can move away strongholds, who can move away burdens, who can move away things that I could never face by myself. All these big things that are attacking me, all these big things that are stacked up against me. I've tried so many different ways, but tonight I want to say I want to have God in my life and I want Him to move those things for me. So if that's you, if you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, if you want to have a relationship with Him, you might not know all the answers, you might not know everything about Him, but you just need to say, yes, I want Jesus in my life. I want Him to fight my battles for me. So as everyone's eyes are closed and their heads are bowed, if that's you, just put your hand up so I can see it and just put it straight down again and then we can pray for you tonight. If that's you, if you want to say yes, I want this big God in my life, the God that can get rid of all the mess in my life, the God that can get rid of all the big obstacles in my life. I want that big God. So if that's you, just put your hand up in the air so I can see and then put it back down and we can pray for you. Over the last few weeks, we've had people say yes. We've got one hand, thank you. I want to remind you again, this isn't a we church. For weeks and weeks, we've seen people say yes to Jesus. There's some churches that are closing down and some churches that cease to exist, but God is still working in this place. We're not a we church. God still wants to move. So if there's anyone else here tonight that says, I want to be God in my life, just put your hand up quickly and put it down again. No one's watching. There's another hand. Thank you. Our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing our God cannot do. No matter what you're facing, no matter what people have told you, no matter what results you have, no matter what debt you're in, no matter what you're going through, we have a big God that can sort that out. So I'm gonna last just one more time. If that's you, just put your hand up and put your hand down again. God wants to have a relationship with you. He's a big God. For those two people that put their hands up, we have an overflow room after each of our services in the evening. And it's just out the main doors and to the left. So after the service, you'll go in there. We've got a team in there that are ready to welcome you. Um, they've got a Bible for you. They'll explain the decision you've made. Or maybe you're sitting here and you think, I really want to put my hand up, but I've got a few more questions. Well, you can go into that room and you can say, hey, what's this Jesus all about? How can I have this big God in my life? I've got so many big problems. How can your big God sort it out? We would love to answer those questions for you. So after tonight, after we sing and we pray to finish our service, just go out until the left. That's your overflow meeting. But tonight, I want to also pray for people that know Jesus. If you're here today, I want to remind you that we have a big 
God. Maybe you need a miracle. Maybe you need peace. Maybe you need comfort. Maybe you need a solution. We have a big God. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And He wants to raise our faith tonight. He wants to remind you how big He actually is. And maybe you've had a problem and you think, actually, I'll leave that. I'll not ask God for that. It's too big. He won't be able to fix it. I want to remind you how big our God is. So wide, can't get around it. So high, can't get over it. So low, we can't get under it. Our God is so big. So if you know God tonight and you need a miracle, that you need Him to break through in your life, if you need Him to step in that only He can do, put your hand up. I would love to pray for you. So if you want God to break through in your life, whether it's an illness, whether it's a situation that you find yourself in, put your hand up and we will pray that God breaks through in your situation. So just raise your hands now in faith, saying, I believe that God can break through. I believe God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So if that's you, any situation, we won't need to ask. You don't need to tell us. God already knows your situation. So I'm going to pray that God breaks through in your situation. So dear Lord, we thank you that you're the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you that you're so big. Lord, thank you that you're bigger than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. Lord, so we pray for every situation in this room that needs a big God. Lord, we we know that we face big obstacles. We know that we face big problems, but we have an even bigger God. Lord, thank you, Lord, that the Jericho walls are quaking. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that when the Father is in the room, Lord, things change. Lord, even though we are broken people, Lord, that you are a good God and you love each and every one of us. So we pray for faith to rise in this place, that we will believe for things that we've never believed for because we know that you are a big, big God. Lord, thank you that strongholds can be broken. Lord, love break through in this place. Lord, we pray, Lord, that if there's anyone cynical in here, Lord, that they find faith in you. We pray, Lord, for people that there is a stirring in their heart to know you. Lord, we pray that you give them the courage to break through, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, as we come back next week, we hear stories of how amazing our God is, that we don't have a wee church. We don't have wee things going on. We don't have a wee God, but actually we have a big church. We have big things going on and we have a super big God. So Lord, bless us this week. Lord, we pray, Lord, that we view our problems through how big you are. Lord, bless us tonight, Lord. Increase our faith in this place. And it's in your name we pray and we all say, Amen.